It's not going to be the case in the house. You know, I, I sit in a praise and worship, and I'm worshiping God, and I'm drawing in, right? It's a, it's a little work sometimes to turn off the flesh and turn off that mind and draw on, right? And the Lord showed me, we got to draw on, on what comes out of my mouth tonight. I'm a vessel, right? Nothing but a bottle. What's in the bottle is important, not the bottle. We throw that bottle away, but what's going to come out of the bottle tonight is, is the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. We're going to talk about God's redemptive plan. He sent his son. He saved all propiti the propitiation. He gave the preparation for it. He put it out there, and it's for all people of all times, and anybody who wants that gift can reach that gift. It's done as far as the east is from the west. It's mathematically complete, and all we have to do is reach out and touch it. And I walk around a lot. I'm trying to learn to be stationary. <laughs> I, I need to learn that. I, I, I wander. There's no condemnation here. This is a judgment-free zone. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say things that I've seen for the 40-something years I've been in the church, for the 20-something years that I've been actively pursuing healing. I, I sat under Kenneth Hagin, and I'll tell you what I picked up from Kenneth Hagin. That man would get sick instantly. He would get, like, sickness on him. He'd get righteously indignant. He, and he'd walk away, and he'd get up there, and you could hear that frog in his throat, that horse, and all of a sudden, it's gone. They said, one of the instructors, that he fell down right before he walked on stage. He's an older man. He was a heavyset man. He fell down. They picked him up. He goes, give me that mic. He goes up, and he preaches the word of God. Because the word's still true. And by the time he's done, he's better. That's what I stand under. So when I was at Rhema, I used to get indignant if I started to feel a sore throat or cold. It, it would infuriate me because it's not for me. So... I'm going to go over very simple points. The Bible is simple. It's progressive revelation. Not everybody needs every one of the points, but everybody in here needs at least one. This is checks and balances. So what I did professionally for the last 15, 20 years is quality management and safety management and construction. So we built buildings, we built bridges, ran cranes, poured concrete. kind of has to be important that the concrete stays still, right? And that bridge doesn't fall down and we don't die. It's kind of important. And I would offer to guys, like, let's say Mike's my crane operator. Hey, Mike, you want me to write you a check sheet so you don't miss something? No, no. People would get mad that I had the audacity to say, hey, Clayton, do you need a check sheet for those 300 things you have to keep, keep track of in your mind? I know how I am. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. 300 things to keep track of is a lot for me. So I write it down, and I just run a check sheet. Do, 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 do. Every pilot, no matter how long or what the flown for how many years, runs a check sheet. Because we're human. We're fallible. We miss things. We forget things. You try to do it off of memory. You try to do it from rote. You're going to miss something. It's basic. We're going to go through some of these basic steps. So one or two will apply to everybody in this room. And this is just a little housekeeping. Like I said the last time I spoke when we talked about the goodness of God, who our father is, who our daddy is. This is just housekeeping. So if you can't bear it, I'm encouraging you to grab it. If you're not able to swallow it. So I'd like to envision the minister speaks and it's like the whale he comes up and eats the whole school of fish he just comes up and swallows if you can't swallow it grab it put it on the shelf don't say that's not for me say i'm not ready for that i'm gonna put it over here and i'm gonna listen to paul's next point because that's the holy spirit speaking to you if you can't handle point one don't worry about it take point two you come back and talk to me about point one talk to pastor talk to pastor nick pastor clayton somebody we'll get point one through but these points are for us. The Holy Spirit has been working on me. Every time I go to say it's done, I add another one. It, it, it's kind of funny. I went home and typed it three more pages. So I am going to put my clock out <laughs> because I remembered. All right. 
The good news is we have the good news, the salvation message. The word that the Bible translates as salvation is saved, it's healed, it's restored, it's made whole. It has more than one meaning. So when we talk about the goodness of our Father, we're going to talk about His complete work. We have grace. We don't have anything but grace as a Christian. We have unmerited favor, something we didn't earn, not by my rights, not by my might, not by my works, not by anything I've ever done or ever can do or ever will do. I have grace. Now, I'm going to say a bold statement. I'm entitled to that grace because of him, because of Christ. Nothing I can ever do can ever earn that, but I have it today, and I'm going to maintain that grace. So we're going to talk about some of this. So as in praise and worship, the last thing I'm going to say, the Lord threw it in there. I, I, I envisioned my Bible, and I envisioned Jesus was the Word made manifest. Jesus is the healer. The Word is going to be our healer. It's going to be the point of contact. Like we said the last time I taught, just like pick up the anointing oil, just like the man of God or the woman of God laying hands on you. The Bible is going to be our point of contact tonight. The subject of healing seems to confuse people, but we're going to simplify it. That's what we're going to do tonight. There are many misconceptions on it, so what I'm going to sum up. First point is very simple. God created the world. God created Mary, the virgin, to have a child. God created in Sarah and Abraham and Sarah's womb at 90 years old to, to produce a child. My sore toe, my sore thumb is nothing to him. It's absolutely nothing. He designed this body. He's the engineer who made this body. That engineer can maintain this body. It's that simple. So we're going to focus on God tonight. There are multiple ways to get healed. We're going to focus on one and only one tonight. It's for us as Christians. If you're a Christian and you're in covenant relationship, this is the method we're going to discuss tonight. Appropriating the word of God for my healing. It's that simple. There are other ways. Healing is the calling card to show that God is real. It's not what we're discussing tonight. We're discussing you sitting at home saying, this doesn't feel right on my body, and saying, I'm not going to take that. We're discussing you sitting in church, and the devil wants to attack you like he tends to do, and you say, the Bible says they have a call for the elders and have them lay hands on me. That's what we're appropriating tonight. That's what we're discussing. So it's only applicable, this, to us as a Christian, to people who recognize that I'm blood-bought child of God, that I deserve one thing in my own works, which is death, but because of Jesus, I deserve grace because I've accepted that free gift. Paul in his flesh deserves nothing, but I'm not in my flesh. In fact, the Bible says I'm created in the likeness image of God. I'm a recreated man. All my past is gone. Only future is, is Jesus and him crucified. That's all I care about. That's why I don't get into doctrinal debates. Christ and him crucified. That's all that matters. Christ and him crucified. The hope of glory. Hope means expectancy. What does that mean? We say Christian, dim, phrases, hope of glory. What's it mean? The expectation of glory. That's here and that's in heaven. I have an expectation of his glory. We can look at the Old Testament, and we're in a new and better covenant, and God healed in the Old Testament. We look in the New Testament, and Jesus healed. He healed everybody. And we're going to sum everything from demon possession, raising the dead. We're going to call it all healing for simplicity. It's healing, right? It's fixing a problem. He healed everybody. Not once in the Bible do I see, I can't handle that. I can't do that. 
you know. We talked about the Seraphonician woman. The worst he said is, it's not for you. You're a dog. And he, she goes, yeah, that's true. But even the dogs eat the crumbs. There was nothing that he withheld. Because it isn't his character. It isn't my character to say to my child or to my wife, no, you can't have provision. We make these things up in church. It's interesting how that goes there. So I'm a Christian. My past doesn't disqualify me. I don't care what you did. Am I missing it 100 times this week? I work construction. I uh, sometimes have a little bit of a, we'll call it a temper, and have to bite my fist sometimes. But I'm not going to say that, whatever it is. right? What's the Bible say? You forgive your brother 70 times 7. So I expect the Lord to be just. And if the Lord says I have to give my brother 7 times 70, then the Lord has to forgive me at least that many times. Because that's just. I hold him to the word. He holds me to the word. That is my foundation. Being divorced, being separated, being remarried, that doesn't disqualify you. We add all these rules in religion that aren't in the Bible. Now, we don't use our liberty as occasion of the flesh, and I am not making any grounds to live in sin, and we'll discuss that. But our past doesn't matter. How many times we've screwed up? doesn't matter. How many times it didn't work for me in the past is I didn't know out of my ignorance. It doesn't matter. Today is a new day. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. I'm a three-part being. I'm created in the likeness and image of God. God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I believe that. That's all I got for you on that one. I can't fathom in my human mind, but I know that. But I'll tell you what, the Bible's types and foreshadows. I am a three-part being. I am a spirit. The real Paul is a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. The body shouldn't be running me. The spirit should be running me because that's the real me. I am a spirit. That's Paul. I have a soul. That's my mind, my will, and emotions. And they live in a body. The body is not what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on my soul. I'm going to focus on my spirit. I'm going to focus on the word. Yeah, my body hurts. Three months ago, I had to go out. My wife picked me up from the hospital on a walker. Horribly ashamed feeling walking out there. You know, everybody on the walker in the wheelchair was 50 years older than me. And I said, I'm not going to do this. Fear hit me in the ambulance. I'm in the ambulance. Tears in my eyes. Welch in pain. I, I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going here. Um, just wrenched in pain. And a thought went through my head. And the second that thought went through my head, I shut it down. I said, absolutely not. I'm not even entertaining the thought that I'm going to live like this. Because it isn't for me. Because I knew it wasn't for me. We have to focus on what the Lord says. We have to focus on how he's created us to be. We also need to focus on what we have. So one of the first things I want to bring up, and people don't, let me, let me put it this way. So a minister gets up and he preaches on gospel. He preaches on grace, or he preaches on healing, he preaches on salvation. And he preaches on a subject, or she preaches on a subject. And we tend to compartmentalize that. And we tend not to realize they all go together. All those pieces are pieces of it. So when we build this building, we're going to pour a foundation. We're going to build this brick by brick by brick by brick. And here's a beautiful building, but it's piece by piece. So we tend to segregate these pieces and not understand they all belong together. They all belong. In fact, the Bible calls Jesus the chief cornerstone. If we were to put that in modern vernacular, we would say he's the slab. He's the concrete foundation which we build on. The man that built his house on the rock, we would say he built his house on piling. He built his house on a caisson. That's how we'd say it in today's vernacular. He built it on a firm foundation. We have to be grateful for where we are right now, today, for what we have. That's where we need to start at. I need a car. Be grateful for what you have. You have two working feet. You have a bicycle. Be grateful for what you have. 
I'm not even, I'm not even joking. It's all part. The Lord gave me that one. I had no intention of putting that in there. I said, well, you know, you have to be grateful for health. I had aches. I had pains. I had problems in my body. I had to be grateful that I could get up and walk out of the hospital on that, on, on that walker. I had to be grateful that I could go to physical therapy and get out and walk and move. And when that lady started twisting on me, she's picked the tiniest person in this room. I thought I was going to scream, right? But I knew that I wasn't going to stay there. But I was grateful I had the ability to be in there because there were other people that were still in the hospital bed, and that wasn't going to me. You must understand what you're believing for is the will of God. There must not be any, any hesitation, any thoughts, any doubts in your mind. My wife is my wife. I have no hesitation to say that. I know that. I have a covenant. I was there. We said I do. I have the marriage license. It isn't even a thought. Well, the Bible is my firm foundation. The Bible is my covenant, my legal document. I have no questions so my wife said, pray for me, I don't know, a week ago. And I said, what verse? And she laughed at me. She said, okay, Kenneth Hagin. But that was the first thing I said to her. And she knew it was coming, too. What verse are you standing on? What is it? Which is it? Oh, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, I don't, I don't know that verse. I know that concept, and that's biblical. What's your verse? What's that firm foundation? So we use that marriage analogy that the Bible uses. So I ignore my wife, I move out, I'm gone six weeks, I come back, I walk in the door, hey, fix me some, uh, fix me some dinner, woman. How do you think that's going to work for me? Oh, I am your husband, woman, cook. Is that going to work for me? No. Now, I go to work, I work a double, I come home, honey, cook for me, please, I'm starved. Is that going to work for me? Because I'm home every night and I'm working and providing. There's that relationship. My wife would be up in the morning when I leave and up at night when I got home to feed me, cold me, cook, do it. Why? Because we're in a fellowship. We're in a relationship. One of the things we miss is God is in a convenience store. We don't just run in and grab what we need every once in a while when we need it. There needs to be that relationship. I love to listen to how people pray. God, do this. God, do this. God, do that. Lord, I'm not saying if it be your will. I know what his will is. I can pray what the Bible says. Lord, would you please do this? I hold you to your word respectfully. Lord, I quote according to your word this. It's relationship and it's respect. We have to be in a fellowship relationship. The Lord cannot behave the way he wants to behave in our life the same way if we're not in a relationship, right? Can my wife and I have the same intimacy if I hardly talk to her, if I treat her poorly, only come to her when I need my shoes shined? I'm being very exaggerated on that. <laughs> no. We have to have that relationship. We have to be in a right standing in that relationship. These are all easy tweaks. If we're not there, flip the switch. Turn that on. Turn that off. Go, okay, Lord, I got it. All right, I'll work on that. These are the things I've sat in pews for 20 years, sat in leadership or ministry for 20 years, prayed on the altar team, prayed on the prayer team, delivered the message, and just see this little flip that switch, everything works. So I've driven, driven semis, motorcycles, rubber tire loaders, backhoes, all these different pieces of equipment that really look complicated. They're all really simple. Takes a minute to get used to them, right? So you break it, which we hate to do as men, right? You break out the rule books. Okay, oh, start number one, insert key. Right? Starting the lawn tractor for a 20-year-old, he's got a choke. What's a choke? Well, I remember them cars that had chokes, right? It was nothing foreign to me. He has to go, what's that choke? My daughter... 
tell stories on my daughter. She's like, what's the third pedal? Oh, this is going to be fun. That's called a clutch. What do you do with that? Yeah, this is going to be entertaining, right? <laughs> now, how hard is it now for us? Not hard at all. Just flip the switch on or off in whatever position you need it. So when I'm speaking to you, you just look forward to you smile and just say, yes, Lord, that's me. The Bible says his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We'll elaborate on that and say lack of understanding. We have to understand the concept. It's very simple. I be not deceived through the simplicity that's in Christ. It's simple. We must know who we are in Christ. Why I get indignant is I'm a king's kid. I'm not a beggar. I grew up in a religious denomination. Great men of God. Moral, noble. The Romans rode you. They'll get you saved. They'll get you, they'll get you to heaven. They'll get you knowing more of the Bible than the ministers that you sit under. They're great people. They're a little bloody and bruised on their way to heaven because they don't have the full picture. So I grew up Pentecostal, and I grew up that denomination. It's a really interesting mix. My youth pastor told me he hated me because I knew more Bible than him. I'm like, you hated me? Really? I liked you. I couldn't believe it. I was astounded because I would ask him questions he couldn't answer. I was so grateful for that Bible background, that foundational understanding. It's important to understand who we are in Christ. It's understanding. It's important to understand how we gain faith. So faith comes by hearing, the Bible says. It comes by hearing. So we sit under Pastor Nick, we sit under Pastor Clayton, myself, my wife, Pastor Jen. And the engrafted word of God comes out. The pure, unadulterated word of God. Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, God himself speaking to us. And it starts to prime that pump. It starts to build faith. Here's the nice thing about faith. I don't need faith for healing over here and faith for finances over here and faith for um, prosperity over here and, 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 and faith for right standing and sonship. It's all faith. Faith is faith. And as I'm building over here, it's building me over here. As I'm learning over here, I'm applying it over here. I'm like, it's that simple. We have to understand that faith comes by hearing, but it doesn't come from having heard. The Bible calls it the wineskins. So we use it in modern vernacular. Do you want a two-year-old bottle of water out of the back of your toolbox in your truck? I didn't even want to wash my face with that water. It will reek, right? I can't have said I, ha I have heard this. So my wife and I were at an event, and hey, so-and-so is hurting. Why don't you pray? Okay, great, I'll pray. So I started to prep for ministry. What's your Bible verse? Where are you standing? Here's what the Word says. Are you ready to receive? Instead... The person that was going to be prayed for decided to tell me how it all works. Well, cool. I'm glad you understand it. I'm glad you know it. But now is the time to open your ears, open your heart. The Holy Spirit's going to minister to you. The Holy Spirit is priming the vessel to tell you what you need to hear. That little tweak that maybe we don't have right. And not that Paul's anything. Paul's this vessel. What's in it's all that matters. But I'm telling you, I'm getting primed. I'm getting excited. I'm ready to lay hands. I'm ready to see God move. But we didn't want to listen. We wanted to talk. We wanted to tell. Sometimes we need to close this and open this. We need to say, yeah, I've heard that 20 times. Faith comes by hearing. Well, okay, great. Apparently I need it again. Faith comes by hearing. We need to go into we're ready to explode. To we are so indignant from the fact that the devil would even think about bringing sickness to us. That we're so blown with the word and excited that we're ready to pop so i rather see somebody sit an extra week in service to get to where they're ready 
Because we have to be ready. Faith is being firmly convinced. There's nothing that can convince me anything but this. That's faith. Being fully persuaded, 100%. So I'm an American citizen. The police knock on my door. Am I letting them in without a warrant? Do I know my rights there? Oh, yeah, come on in. Oh, take anything you want while you're at it. I'm not American. That's not how it works in this country. I have rights. We need to treat the devil, sickness, lack, poverty the same way. He's a thief. Thieves break in. What do you do when the thief breaks in? You call the cops, right? Lord, your word says this. I'm not going to allow that. You catch a thief in there, you run him off. The thief wants to come in here, and we say things in the church, not this church. Oh, God's trying to teach you something. Guess God needed another baby in heaven. That sells me. You don't know who Jesus is. We have to know that we know that we know. So faith comes by hearing. It's built stronger from hearing the word more, practicing the word more, watching somebody that sits next to you in the pew every day come up and get healed right in front of you, watching somebody that you know has, has been suffering with something for a couple weeks get healed right in front of you. That builds faith. That's experiential faith. Now, we don't go always by that, but if my wife goes up for healing and she comes back healed, I know the woman's character. I know that God moved on that. That excites me. We have to be excited for this. This isn't an old dead religion. This is a live religion. Any, any mention this. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that, that gets Christians is fear. And he said it in the reverse. She said, God smells faith. God does smell faith. That's the point after this. Satan smells fear. It activates him. It's like blood in the water and a shark. Yeah, I remember to alarm this time. We've got to shut those thoughts down. I'm sitting in the ambulance. The thought comes, I can't live like this. How am I going to support my family? And I shut that thought down. Because who's that going to go to? That's just sending in this vibe out here. That's fear. That isn't faith. That's my fear. I'm in the high ambulance, called up the fetal position, going, how, oh God, am I going to shut that down? I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to proclaim fear. I'm not going to entertain fear in my mind. I'm not going to entertain it. Dad Hagen used to say you can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building the nest in your hair. We're going to have thoughts, right? We live in the world. The Bible says we live here, but we're not of it. We live here. There are thoughts that go through our head. And what we do is we say, uh-uh. And we go renew our mind with the Word of God. What's the Word of God say about that? What's the Word of God say about this? Our motives matter. The Bible talks about Jesus. He had just um, finished performing miracles. He had healed the woman with the issue of blood, and she had touched the hem. And the people are following suit, as, as we tend to do. And they're all trying to touch his hem. And the Bible says, they came to hear him and be healed. That first part, though, is really important. Hear him. I am a husband. I have right standing with my wife. I have relationship. I have covenant. That's a two-way street. It has to be. Same thing with the Lord. The Lord uses that marriage relationship. It's a two-way street. I don't just come to the convenience store. This is what I need today. Fill me up. Let me go. I got things to do. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's not how it works. It's relationship. It's not his will, and I can prove it. 
hundred verses in the Bible. It's not his will that I'm sick. But I don't go for healing first. I go for relationship first. When I prepped for this message, I went back to the back room. I just spent time with him. I didn't go, make this a good message, Lord. Let people get healed, Lord. I said, Lord, I want to spend time with you. He comes first. The message then came second. Lord, I'm your mouthpiece tonight. Either I fail or you succeed. It's that simple. It's that simple. And that's how I hold it up to him. It's yours. Use me. That's how I prepared. I didn't come up here and say, let this be spectacular and everybody fall on the floor. Because that isn't the right heart attitude. I came to spend time with him. And once that's done, hey, I was called on to teach tonight. Tonight's my night. I've been faithful. There's 24 pages here of notes. And they're only that big because I write really big so I can read them. I want to be faithful to him. I want to appropriate him. We have this Christian in us. Oh, he's my buddy. No, he's like a friend, but he's still God. And I see him as God. I can have, please, I, I hope this is okay. I can have Jenny, or I can have Pastor Jennifer. I want Pastor Jennifer. I can have Clayton, or I can have Pastor Clayton. I can have Nick, or I can have Pastor Nick. I can have God, my bail, or I can have God Almighty. <laughs> the foundation of everything. The one that existed before the beginning was this after the end of time. That's who I want. Because I have a reverence for him. We have to have reverence for the things of God. People come up here with the altar call. This is the time for reverence. We miss the supernatural in churches because it isn't spectacular. If 80 people aren't falling down in the pews, we, we tend to think, not this church, church in general, nothing's happening. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. This should be the part of the church that we're all quiet and bound our knee and listen. Lord is moving. The Holy Spirit's moving. Joe Schmo Sinner is getting saved right here, right now, today. Ah, oh, man, I got to get home. I'm hungry. No, I am hungry by the time I'm ready to leave here. I don't make any bones about it. I grab a cookie, a snack, a donut, whatever. The second I get out of here, I do. I'm not even joking. But when it's time for prayer, it's time for prayer. We have to have that reverence. We have to look at it. I'm going to approach you, God, because my motives matter. I'm going to approach you because you're God. And I want to spend time in your fellowship and in your orbit. And what's the Bible says? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. What are these things? All the cares of the world. My body, my needs, my finances, let's say the wife and I are fighting, my marriage, whatever it is, all those needs are met. But it's because I'm seeking him first. So we know all these things in piecemeal, but we're going to put them together. So all these things. Now, it's not by works. None of this is works. We're here based on grace. But I could go, I'm married. I said I loved her once. I never have to say it again. Is that going to get a good marriage? Ah, we're married. You're stuck. Is, is that going to be a good marriage? No. Same thing with God. I want to work on that relationship. There's benefits. I was talking about God, but you too. <laughs> I want to work on that relationship. I want all that that relationship has for me. And there's a lot that comes from me. But it isn't the first fruit I seek. The first fruit is the relationship. I'm going to close in a second. I'd like to say, I told you, I was, I was, um, I was raised in that, that denominational church, and I love them. They're good people. But I'd like to contrast, so I was also raised with the Pentecostal. How many Pentecostal would be still willing to do what we know, you know, what, what I'm just going to say, Baptist. The Baptists think they got to die and be sick and broke in heaven. How many Pentecostal would be willing to do that if that's what it takes? If that's what it took. So I'm not saying that's what it takes. I'm, I'm just wondering, where's that character? 
I want to do what the Lord has for me to do, regardless of what that is. That's why I'm up here preaching. I, I ran for years from my calling. I did. The Jonah did. Uh, I quit doing it. I got recommitted. My life, probably a month and a half, two months before I went out to, to North Dakota and got injured, really wonder what that injury would have looked like if I didn't get my life right with God. Thought about that. I thought that, that could have been something really different. Motives matter. Be teachable. We sit under a great pastor. She's an incredible teacher. Uh, incredible word of God comes forth. Same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit flowing through everybody that's ministering here. There's this little path snaking through everybody's message. We like to say to each other, oh, you snagged that. Oh, I was going to use that. I wasn't going to do that. It's the same God. He's teaching. And you know what? I might not be your cup of tea, but maybe Annie is. Maybe Pastor Nick is. That's the Holy Spirit getting to you and you and you and you. Because that's what he wants. He wants an intimacy with you. And if Clayton isn't your cup of tea or he is your cup of tea, I love Brother Clayton's personality. I think he's just, I'm like day one. I love this guy. He's great, right? I'm like, oh, she's going to beat him with a stick when they get home. I was in. Day one, the announcements. I'm like, I love this. You know what? The Lord used him to get me interested in church. That's what it took. Okay, that's Paul. Clayton got him. Okay, yo, this one, Mike, Mike. Okay, that's what the Lord does. Why? He leaves the 99 for the one. We're the one. You're the apple of the eye. You're the apple of the eye. You're the apple of the eye. You are the most important person in this room. He loves you more than everybody else on this planet. And whatever it is you need, he's here to provide. And I'm going to slap you on with one. He already did it with Jesus. The God part's done. It's we got to wake this up a little bit. We got to stir this up and go, he's already done it. Let's just grab it. I'm going to keep going the next time I preach. At the end of it, I'm going to have a prayer line if you're ready. Don't come if you're not ready. We're going to go through it. If you want more, I'll work with you on the side. I love teaching. I love it. I love seeing people change. I do it as my vocation. I'm doing it as my calling in life. I'll work with you. If something's stumbling you, Sister Sandy died when I was a little kid, and Sister Sandy was the most godly woman, I'll get you through that. You know why? Because we're all failed humans. We can't look at Sister Sandy. We look at that cross. We look at the Word of God. Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. That's who we're going to look at. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to understand it, Father. We thank you that the words are planted in good seed, Father. When we go home, we think about it. We dwell on it. We dream about it. Father God, it plants. It gets strong. We wake up. As you, the word says you guide our rains in the night seasons. We wake up. I thank you there's fire growing in people's chest right now that they aren't going to take it. No sickness, no disease. It's not for us. And, and I'm going to throw this out here. It's not for us just because we're old. Old doesn't mean sick. Old means old. You don't have to get sick to go home with the Lord. Father, we thank you that you made healing. And was not sickness was never part of your original creation. And we thank you that we can appropriate it, Father God. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Father, as we go and break out of here this evening, we thank you that your word's in our heart. It's in your mind. It's on our tongue as we speak, as we talk, that we cannot get these thoughts out of the head. This is the God who loves me so much. He gave his own son. What more will he withhold? He won't withhold my needs. And we decide to seek you first, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace as we go forth. In Jesus' name, amen.